ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Employers say they may have to end flexible working arrangements when new right-to-disconnect laws negotiated by the Greens come into effect. It comes as opposition leader Peter Dutton has already promised to repeal the laws if he is elected, accusing Labor of adopting policy that he says has been outsourced from the Greens. Now, it did involve a deal with the Greens and and there are other elements of the broader IR laws which had deals with other senators too. Barbara Pocock is the Greens finance spokesperson. She joins me now from our Parliament House studio. Senator, welcome. Good to be with you, Patricia. Business groups say flexible work arrangements like leaving early to go and get your kids or or going to the dentist might have to be cut back because of this change, that it affects flexibility. Do you accept that it may have those kinds of unintended consequences? I'm absolutely appalled at that um, at that statement from leaders of, em- of an employer organisation threatening women, carers, parents with the loss of their flexibility if they say I'm not going to be available 24-7. That is not the intention of the law that has been passed and it, it, is, really, um, it is really bad to hear that threat being posed. Flexibility is an important part of our workplaces. Um, it's a vital uh, support for working carers. What we've done in this change, the Greens Amendment for a right to disconnect, is to follow the example in many countries around the world, in many enterprise agreements and say, you have the the right to say no where you're not being paid to be available uh, if you are repetitively or unreasonably contacted. It's a very clear reasonable change and many Australians get it and to hear, I've been around industrial relations a long time, Patricia, and I've heard, you know, the sky's going to fall a lot of time but this is really, you know, one one for the ages. You'll lose your flexibility if you're not available 24-7. It is a complete misstatement of what this change does. Explain, because you can you can see that employers do have a kind of uh, looser arrangement with some white-collar workers, right, where they can go and do certain things, but then they perhaps clock on later to make up that time for that flexibility. What happens in your view in that arrangement? Well, there are millions of workers who already have exactly that kind of negotiation with their employer. Uh, they are they have paid at a level. Their job description means that's part of what they can do, and they do do it. They negotiate informally in ways that are fair and reasonable. Our change is to back, give some backing up to those who are not in that situation, who many on minimum wage, uh, low paid, for example, retail workers, teachers, hospital workers, uh, nurses, uh, to be able to say where they are unreasonably contacted, uh, you know, a nurse seven times on a Sunday contacted by the employer, they have the chance now, a bit of backing, to give them uh, backing in that workplace conversation, which will, we hope, grow in in the, who's who's talking about it. Give back up to those workers uh, and also uh, where there is a breakdown and there isn't uh, an agreement on how to move forward and their behaviour continues unreasonable, then the Fair Work Commission has a role to play. But, you know, yes, there are many arrangements in place. This won't touch those. It's not intended to. What it's intended to do is to allow a worker who is repetitively and unreasonably contacted to not answer that email, to not spend their weekend. I'm really disturbed to hear Mr Dutton say, you know, he wants to end the weekend. He wants people at their barbecues to be taking those phone calls and and rushing home to answer the email. 
workers need their weekends. We now have a workforce, one in two women, four in ten carers. It's a different world than it was 30 years ago. And to hear these old blokes saying women can't have flexibility and the chance to turn off, well, it's just stepping back into the 19, mm. 1980s and the world is different. Will you support the government to remove criminal penalties for employers who continue contacting their workers, given that was a mistake in the bill? Will you help them take that out? There was never any intention uh, to have criminal penalties. I think they're quite inappropriate for this kind of change. There aren't criminal penalties uh, for bullying or for sexual harassment, and there shouldn't be on a right to disconnect. What we need is an enforceable right, absolutely. If you get right to the end of a long chain of discussion with your employer, with the Fair Work Act, and your employer continues to act against a ruling of the Fair Work Act, then a normal penalty applies, a civil penalty. Criminal penalties are no place in this kind of change. What we really need is a shift in the climate in our workplaces so that those who, who aren't paid to be there, it's not an emergency, not information about a change of shift, it's a repetitive, intrusive um, uh, contact around the clock on the weekend and really disturbing your life mm. with your family and your personal care. Can I just take you to another issue, and that's negative gearing. You're preparing to hold off support on Labor's help-to-buy scheme in exchange for changes to negative gearing and capital gains tax. Why are you insisting on that for your support? Well, we believe, and I think lots of people out there can see it, that the system at the moment is really stacked against those first-home buyers and renters. And Labor's answer in this um, uh, scheme, the Help to Buy scheme, it's a housing lottery for a lucky few, and it will actually drive up housing prices. I know as an economist, it'll just feed the demand side of the housing market. What we need is a conversation about um, pushing back on those very, very large hand, tax handouts for big property investors. Um, and we need to look at freezing rents and building that public housing to help those first-home buyers and renters. This coming budget is going to put $39 billion into tax handouts for those negative gearing and capital gains discounts. And we need to be looking at that. And that's the conversation that we in the Greens want to have with the government. Is this just about revenue, though? Because there's been analysis which shows it actually doesn't make a big difference to house prices. Well, it's about revenue, a bit because we need to we need uh, to be able to build the housing of, of the future to help that new those new generations. But it's also about fairness. You know that that's a um, a benefit that we need to make sure the intergenerational inequality around housing is addressed. And we'll be pushing hard. But does it actually make a difference to house prices, which is essentially? you know, the way to get more people to be able to afford homes, that's what you have to tackle. If it doesn't do that, what's the point? Well, similar schemes around the world, the evidence tells us, have inflated house prices. It will drive up prices and it won't really assist, you know, it won't assist more uh, than the 99.8% of people who are out there looking for help as first-home buyers and renters. It's not even touching the sides and that's why we really need, uh, you know, a conversation with Labor. We'll be in balance of power quite probably and we really want to address that supply side. It's a critical question for fairness and for ha putting a, ha a roof over people's um, heads in this uh, critical cost of living crisis. Just finally, there's been, of course, reporting throughout the weekend about Barnaby Joyce and some images of him laying on a footpath in Canberra. Lydia Thorpe has talked about a double standard uh, that that it, that happens in terms of reporting and, and responses from the Prime Minister and beyond on these issues. Do you think there is one? 
I think there is a double standard. I don't want to comment on uh, Mr Joyce's circumstances. I think Australians make up their own mind about that. But I think, yes, there is a different standard for different categories of people. Mates jump in very vigorously and some people create furfies like, you know, the problem really was someone holding a camera on the footpath. The problem here is people who, who have issues need help and that's what our focus should be on. But we should not have a double standard depending on, on who, uh, who's being caught in a camera. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good to be with you, Patricia. That's the Greens Finance spokesperson, Barbara Pocock, joining us. You're listening to ABC RM Breakfast. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.